uncomfortable death. Like it's gonna happen to all of us. It's, not it's gonna happen death. eventually. I don't have any. I don't have a problem. Like, no. If it were know. to happen, you'd be fine. I mean, it's like, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's what right. it is. I had a yeah. good meal yesterday. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Shelly and Claude were amazing. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Lunch with Shelly, the podcast featuring conversations with colleagues, friends, family, business leaders. At lunch, here's Shelly. I don't even know where to begin with my soon-to-be new bestie, Mary Beth Albright. She is a correspondent and editor at the Washington Post who covers food and everything it touches, including culture, policy, diplomacy, restaurants, climate change, and more. I already know that she is an amazing person. As just one example, she graduated cum laude from Georgetown Law School at the same time working for the iconic Surgeon General C. Everett Koop, who is in fact my favorite Surgeon General. (laughs) Her career spans several years working on food issues for U.S. Surgeons General Plural, writing for National Geographic as well as for Roll Call in The Post, litigating at top law firms like Williams and Connolly, and she was also a finalist on Food Network Star where she competed on Iron Chef America and got really close to winning. Wow, that's already so much, and if that doesn't knock your socks off, then check this out. She is an author, too, who recently wrote Eat and Flourish, How Food Supports Emotional Well-Being, which dives into the burgeoning field of nutritional psychology to reveal what the science shows, that food and mood are entwined. Claude and I know that too. I also know that Mary Beth and I love lunch, hate brunch, and we are boy moms. So for all of these reasons and more, Claude and I have been really looking forward to dining and chatting with her. Welcome to the Lunch with Shelly podcast, Mary Beth. Let's have lunch. Oh, I'm, I'm here. I already had a sip of my champagne. I'm ready. We're at Captain Milano, and Candido and Umberto are taking care of us. As always, I have a yeah. gorgeous glass of Farniente. Mary Beth has uh, champagne, and Claude has his rum and coke. We are pumped and ready. You talk about the importance of eating with people when you can, which I think is so fantastic. So let's start with that, since we all intrinsically agree that that's so important as well. And we know that, again, intrinsically, but how did you come up with it scientifically? Yeah, so thank you so much for, for having me here. And get, I love any place that has champagne by the glass. Yeah. You know, it's just like what so important to me. What place doesn't have champagne by the glass? I mean, a lot of places I go to. Oh, that don't, have, that don't have champagne or champagne by the glass? Well, both. Okay. I mean, right. let's be honest. No, I go to places without champagne, but most places have it by the glass. Yeah. Because it's an upsell. But anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, 100%. Yes. One time I went to um, uh, Bouchon, which is near, next to the French Laundry, and they have they have Dom Perignon by the glass. And so oh, that, I wait, where, that. which Bouchon? At Bouchon um, in, in Napa Valley, in um, I Yonville. love that Bouchon, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to uh, refer a really good friend of mine, Jean Card, about that. Uh, I couldn't think of the name of it. Thank you so much, Umberto. Um, but it does or does not have champagne by the glass. It does. It has Dom Perignon by the glass, uh, which I love. What do they What do they sell it for? <laughs> um, I don't remember. You know, it's I got I was probably I like forty five dollars or something. Oh crazy. no, way way more. I think it was really? a couple hundred a glass. But um, <laughs> are you kidding? But I was I was interviewing Thomas Keller, so I you know ah. that was not. <laughs> so I, I got the I got the champagne without the without the price tag, but it did, it did not influence um, what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. No, no, no. I took one sip and then I was like. Like, I can't do it. No um, way. 
so okay. I'm already calling bullshit. <laughs> no, 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 you can call, you can call bullshit on me. I mean, I, I really, um, I really enjoy champagne. I don't know what to me tell you, but it's too. hard for me to focus when I'm drinking. Right. Like I don't. And it's well, so, that's why we're asking you to drink today. I know that. I know that. Terribly unfocused. Yeah. Right. And and it's um it's funny because when I was on Food Network Star, a lot of people would drink right before they went on camera. They just oh, like take a shot like of vodka. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I understand it loosens some people up. Right. And I love drinking. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like, I am a huge fan. But I can't do it, it during the day. It discombobulates you. It I, does. You know, I used to, my first episode uh, was with one of my very best friends of the whole world who we had lunch with once a week for 22 years. Oh, my gosh. That's and great. it's so incredible that it really enhanced my love of lunch, which is somewhat the um, impetus of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But we used to drink at lunch. And the older I get, the more difficult it becomes. Perhaps it was more difficult and I just ignored it. But it's true. <laughs> I mean, this is really what I'm doing yeah. for the day. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just, I I just can't do it, which is right. one of the reasons I don't like brunch. Because a lot of people use brunch as an excuse to, to day drink. drink. Oh, it and is. I'm like, look yeah. it, I don't need an excuse to drink. <laughs> like, I'm not looking for that, you know. But then that but is your whole day. It is absolutely day. I used it's to love always, brunch when I was younger. But it's your whole day. And now I would prefer to walk my dogs. Yes. And just stay in sweatpants and not shower. But here's the other thing. As a, <laughs> as a food I mean, writer. I do have No, no, no. no. Obviously, yeah. obviously, but yeah. Um, I brunch is always the B team. Do you know what I mean? It's always like it's never the the it's never the best that a restaurant has to offer. It's always like something like you know a place having French toast, which is like a seafood restaurant. You right. know, it's like oh yeah yeah you're yeah. just doing this to make money, which is fine. I, like God bless the restaurants for making money at brunch. Like do it at right. when you can do it, but right. like it's never a great feeling for what a restaurant is. Because the chef is usually not there. People are usually not focused. Fascinating. Um, I saw you on the Rachel Ray show making shepherd's pie with lamb, which sort of bummed me out. But I know I can make (laughs) it with meat. Well, that was so good. She did it in three minutes. Not easy to do, by the way. Three minutes. To make shepherd's pie? Yeah, shepherd's pie, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. shepherd's pie. And actually, shepherd's pie is what it's called. Like, cottage pie is with beef. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you say that on the show. Yeah, Yeah. right, right. So shepherd's pie, when you think about it, is, of course, lamb, because it's like that's what the shepherd is eating. I mean, Uh, I hate to be gross about it, but, you know. That makes so much sense. Right? And cottage pie is with beef. I know. The whole, the thing about food is that all of it makes sense culturally, if you think about it. Because we all, we've created all of it. I mean, other than... Absolute whole foods and plants. We've created like whatever dishes are on this menu, like tuna tartare. We created that. Why did we create that? You know, and going back and looking at the history of humanity. Did we create tuna tartare? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, I assume raw fish is probably easy. Well, not just easy, but when when you're in places like I spent a lot of time at the end of Long Island, on the east end of Long Island, the tuna that you get there is a you don't want to cook it. You know, it's amazing. Because it's so much mercury. Oh, you no, don't want to no, cook no. it. No, no, no. You don't oh. want to cook it. Oh, my but God. But when you're saying the East End, are you talking about, like, East Hampton or Amagansett? Or it's like... the North Fork, which is Orient. I've been to the North Fork. The North it's Fork so is my favorite. Nice. It's a five-minute boat ride to Montauk. But yeah. it's, like, it's all agriculture. It's farms and it's yeah. vineyards. I've been going there since I was born. So I you're can't, kidding. I can't, like, be like, whoa, I discovered the North Fork. But, like, it is... The North Fork is where it's at. And then, as I said, we have a little dock, so you just get on a boat, you go down. You can you can be at the restaurants at the South Fork and everything, but but it's super chill. I love it. A dear friend of mine got married on the North Fork, mm. and uh, my husband and I went four or five years ago on Memorial Day. 
But we were really blown away, and the yeah. town is absolutely adorable. But a client of mine's ex-wife bought a big inn there, and I, I think the North Fork is also getting somewhat built up because it's becoming terribly popular now, right? So what's interesting is every time you buy a property there, you pay, I think it's 2% towards the land trust. So the, the community oh. buys some of the property to, for the wetlands for preservation. So it's like, it, it's very, very protected, and it's not very built up. You're listening to Lunch with Shelley. I have a sign up in my room that is just like me with a Sharpie. Like, sometimes I, I think about things that I need to know at different parts of my life, and this is something I need to know right now, um, that the world is conspiring in my favor. Wow. Right? Yeah. Like, all these things that are happening around me, and sometimes I see these things and I'm like, what is going on? And I don't understand how this fits in with the world. And this is something about me. It's also something about the greater universe, right? But I have to believe. And, and this has happened to me a few times in the past couple months where I've been like, oh, my gosh, that's why that happened. You know? And so I really believe that if we take every single thing that comes out us and say, say to ourselves, what, what is this here to teach me? And what is this here to give me? I think we will find that there are answers to those questions. And it usually ends up for your good. Always. Your well, benefit. that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you had me at conspiring in your favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to write that down. And if you believe that, if you believe that there are no like bad things, you just need to like use whatever's Think happening. about it differently. And God yeah. knows, there's a lot of bad stuff in this world. Right. Like, oh, I mean... Oh my goodness! I mean, I watching Not to the bum news you out, is very nice. <laughs> Walk outside. <laughs> no, right? No, you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. You were talking about um, in the Hamptons. Like, so where do you eat when you're there? What's good? Mm. Where do we go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one place that I really love that I just discovered um, on the North Fork is called Maroni's. Now there is a Maroni for people who are listening to this and like I know Maroni's. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a Maroni's in North Fork, which is Up Island, which is like the which is what you call like Western Long Island. So it's like Up Island, but then they opened a place called Maroni's out on like almost at the end of the North Fork, which is where I am, and it's spectacular. And on Tuesday nights, the Maroni's in North Northport is closed, so they send the sushi chefs to the one oh, at the so very it's end. sushi. And so, I, it's, it's not, not Italian? Just sushi. Right. No, it is. It, it's everything. So they have these sushi <laughs> chefs. I know, and it sounds crazy. It sounds like one of those, like, lard bars that you go to, and it's like, oh, it's some sushi, and then I'll have some pasta, you know? But it's not. It's so, And they have this thing that if you get, if you, if for $200 a person, you don't have to, right? But for $200 a person, you get whatever you want on the menu and everything. And alcohol. Yeah. And alcohol and tax, yeah. and tax and tip yeah. are included. I think it's funny because um, over the past, well, I, I'm 50 years old, so I can't say more than 50 years. But um, I think there's really been a movement a, away from really fine restaurants doing seafood extraordinarily well. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's like the thing about meat and steak and it's like, you know, it, that, that with meat it's sort of like who are your suppliers and what farm did this come from and that right, kind right. of thing. And I feel like when I go to a place and there is good fish, that's why I'm saying like when I'm out on Long Island, I eat a ton of fish. Right. And when I'm not, you know, it depends on where I'm eating. And that's, we'll get into the book later, but um, one of the things that I take every day is an omega-3 DHA and EPA supplement. Wait, um, I heard omega, but what are the other... Yeah, <laughs> so oh, there are a lot of different kinds of omega, and not to get too sciencey, but there are a lot of different kinds of omega-3 fatty acids. The two that are shown 
to um, help cognitive function and mental health are oh, I need that. DHA and EPA. And you can find it'll be At on the CBS? bottom. CBS? Anywhere. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and so when you get an omega-3 supplement, it could be there's another kind called ALA, which most of us get a lot of because it's in plants. Oh. Um, but the DHA and the EPA, you can't really get it without eating seafood or, like, algae from the bottom of the ocean. And so um, so that's really important. So that's what I'm saying is, like, I, I, I want us to come back to, like, a, a seafood renaissance. You know what I mean? That where people feel comfortable eating seafood. Because I think a lot of people are worried about, like, where did it come from? Is it fresh? Really? I feel like there's a lot of seafood restaurants. I mean, there less meat in restaurants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about restaurants as much as I am. Just talking about like what people. Oh, eat. people cooking at their home. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. people don't really cook fish at their home. But you know what else I was thinking? So my parents have these fantastic nurses because my father needs a nurse, and the nurse had very high mercury. He gets tested. He's a fireman. So don't you think that's weird? Like, is there a ton of mercury? Because I think there was, like, a time when people were terribly concerned about that. Maybe oh, still. Too yeah, much yeah, salmon. yeah. No, still. Still people are, are concerned about mercury in large fish. Um, is because, it only large fish? Well, it's mostly in large fish because the large fish eat the smaller fish, and the smaller fish eat the smaller fish. So the right. large fish are at the top of the food chain. So that's where all the mercury is. Is a like tuna a large fish yes. and a salmon is a large fish? Yes. Oh, and a swordfish, swordfish is a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just, just about the food chain. Well, if you didn't want to have a lot of mercury, what would you eat? Well, you can go to um, sardines and anchovies as an ingredient. Are great. I know. Look at you. I know. <laughs> but but for DHA and I EPA, mean, and I love salty yeah, no, things, it. but it's just not like my thing. But you can also, I mean, there there are ways. Canned white albacore tuna in water really? has the uh, yeah has the most DHA and EPA of all the tunas. So it's just like good to know when you're standing. If you're a person who goes to a grocery store with 18 different kinds of tuna, right. sometimes they're like, I don't know what to buy. Like, what do you? Right. I just want but a is tuna that bumblebee? Um, it could be bumblebee, or it could be. I, I buy line caught um, tuna just because. But are you at Safeway? Yeah, you can buy. Yeah, you okay. can buy line caught tuna at Safeway in the in the little cans, and it'll say on there. Okay. But also, canned salmon is fantastic, and a lot of really? people don't. Yeah, a lot of Never people had, don't eat yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, actually a recipe in the book for fish cakes made with canned salmon because so many people. Like you don't, I get it too. I mean, I I'm a I come at this as a person who eats and cooks too. So like, I don't want to buy a fifty dollar piece of salmon at the grocery store and have it sit in my drawer for yeah, three days while right. I'm eating out. And I'm like, oh yeah, right, the salmon, you know. Um, so it's good to have like a can of salmon for when you want to have some fish, but you're not, you know, you don't Cooking necessarily want to. Yeah. You're listening to lunch with Shelley. Okay, yeah. there you are, darling. Well, you know what I'm having, I think. Maybe I'll have this. Which one, baby? Maybe I'll have the salmon and yellowtail. Okay. Grazie mille. And then also bread. With salt and pepper. So you got, what did you get, Branzino? No, I just got the salmon and... Yeah. Oh. But Candido told me, that's Candido. That's Mary Beth. Hey, it's really Candido nice is one of my very okay. best Candido's buddies here. Best. He's the best. <laughs> You're wrong because oh, I'm the best. You're all wrong. <laughs> no, but he said I was yes, beautiful. Absolutely. Aww. Thank you. 
know I wrote you this fangirl email, and I sent you all these things. Like I heard about this, I heard about this. Yeah, I, heard I, about I this. love it. Let's talk about the importance of people eating together. Yes. I mean, we'll get to the loneliness pandemic, which I love that term. Yeah. But first of all, let's talk about the science behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What happens when you're eating with someone? So a long time ago, uh, um, a long time ago, 15 years ago, I started doing this research. Um, oh, you did the research. No, no, no. I started okay. looking at this research, okay. and um, it's yeah. interesting because what I call it the feast paradox because when we in America we usually um, associate eating more food with having worse health outcomes right if you're eating more you're going to be less healthy but the science shows that people who eat with other people indeed eat more food but they enjoy better health outcomes I, I heard you say that in your yeah. post interview yeah and so that's what I call the feast paradox. It's like, why is this happening? And nobody understands the precise mechanism for it because humans are complicated. Like a body is more than just a container for parts. Um, and food is more than just what goes in and what comes out, right? right? Um, and so the feast paradox is something that America hasn't really caught on to that other countries have. Like in, in the UK, they have a whole program called the Big Lunch, which is just for people to eat together. That's all. That's all. It doesn't matter you what you at eat. You mean a communal table in a restaurant or just anywhere. lunch hour? And it, do, it, doesn't have to, and it doesn't have to be lunch. It's just called the Big Lunch, right? Okay. But like not eating at your desk, not eating at home alone That's in front of your UK? television. In the because UK, the yes. the first time when I... W- I called Claude, God bless his heart, and I mean that in a not-Southern way, because I, I can't say that in a Southern way, God bless his soul, but I said, you know, Claude, I, I think this is a really good idea, this lunch thing, and remember I said and NPR had this program about how lunch is so important, and I'm pitching Claude, oh, you know, to yeah, work yeah. with me, but France, it's illegal not to have lunch in France, outside of your office. I did not know that. Yes. What will they do to you if you break the law? Well, that's a great question. Nothing. <laughs> How will I they mean, know? Nobody, yeah. But the whole impetus of this small vignette, because actually my insurance guy was intrigued by the fact that I was doing this podcast, and um, you know, and I was getting insurance for it, and and he listened to it, and he did not seem like a candidate. Thank you, darling, for listening to it, and. Um, he sent me this NPR piece, and it was about this American uh, expat who was living in Paris, and everybody was going out to lunch every day, and she just eschewed the whole thing, and she was terribly crappy about it, and then in the end, she got into it, and then they did the whole history of lunch, and the reason why it was illegal was because the conditions were so poor in the late 1800s, early 1900s, that they needed people to get out oh, of the I building. Oh, I see. That's fascinating. To, like, yeah. sort of air it out yeah. or something or give their lungs time to recuperate. <laughs> and then it just became a thing. So, well, yeah. I mean, now, like, you're not in lunch jail, which actually is a really funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you anyway, force people to eat together right. in, in prison, I right. guess. <laughs> but I guess the whole reason why I'm telling you this is because I'm so aware of how the French feel, but not the Brits. Well, and it's less about, I think, a cultural thing. I think that the reason that you have a nationwide program is because it's not built into the culture, right? In France, you don't need it because it's so built into the culture that you're, that eating is an right. event. Um, even when you're just eating a piece of bread. Right. I mean, that's the other thing about... Or a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I am 
because I, I was on the Food Network. I am one of the people who, like, the culprits of making food about, like, deliciousness and beauty and, like, Instagram and that kind of thing. But at the same time, we've lost the... And one of the people I interviewed for the book, Sally Quinn, who lives just down the street in Georgetown, um, was saying, like, we, we've, we've really gotten away from just being together as people. And... Um, and the idea that every time you have to have you have someone over to your house, it has to be this like four course meal, yeah. or you have to bring in a chef, yes, or you it's have exhausting. to exhausting. It's exhausting, and yeah. people. I mean, you know, I now have people over for just muffins and coffee in the morning, and sometimes I don't even make the muffins. Right. I go and buy the muffins at Bread First. I live down the street from Bread First. Amazing. I'll go buy their muffins, you know. And so it's not about. And this is the other thing I always refuse to say in any food videos was, quote, unquote, impress your friends. Like, if they're my friends, I don't need to impress them. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. not to sound like the mom that I am, but it's true. And it's exhausting yeah, well, because I've I just want to be felt with this people. Way. Well, my whole feeling and my husband and I um, like to meet people out to restaurants because I feel intimidated by having people over because I don't, you know. But I mean, look. I have cheese. I have triscuits. I, I mean, I'm a big cheese and cracker person. Uh, one of my best friends, well, the girl that I've had lunch with, she's really into pistachio nuts. Now I have pistachio nuts all the time. And lately I've been serving egg rolls just because my nanny makes egg rolls and I air fry them and they're so crunchy. Oh, my they're gosh. Great. And, like, both of you look amazing right now. Thank you picked out beautiful clothes. You look fantastic. <laughs> did you make your shirt? Absolutely yes. not. Did you make your dress? I, I, I did. Thank you very much. Wait, you did? No. I was like, that ruins my point. But, like, it's a skill. Being able to pick out clothing and put them together is a skill. And if I right. say to you, wow, you look amazing, it's not, oh, well, I didn't make this. Right. It's like you went out and you chose it and you curated right. it and you picked it for this evening. So I'm a right. big fan of, like, I, I put together these, like, cheese and crackers. Right. And I picked these cheeses. And I mm. love these. Crackers and or you amazing. know what's even more important? I picked you as a friend, so just come over yes. and don't be upset if my dog jumps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have and a rule that dogs are all, dogs and kids are always allowed. Yeah, do you have dogs? I have one dog. What kind of dog? I mean, she's a I'm lot of dog. So though. into my dog. She's only fourteen pounds. I'm so I'm, I have a it's a, called a rat terrier, a feist. Um, so it's like a teeny, teeny little greyhound, kind of looks like. She's oh 14 God, pounds. Oh, my God, no hair? No, oh, my God. Well, she has a very short hair. I can't stand the fur and the... Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm super into my dog. And now she... It's really interesting because now she comes with me to Long Island. Well, that's the thing. She They're loves so transportable. Sand. Yeah, yeah, they are so transportable. Yeah. I haven't taken her on the seaplane up to Long Island yet, though. Did you know there's a seaplane that no. goes from D.C. No. to New York City and then New York City to Shelter Island? Let's get over here. And then you can just take the, like, the, sh- the ferry over. I have a seaplane, but I don't know. It just started. It, it okay. just started last spring. So, um, and you can bring a dog. So, so you've been saying. on a seaplane? Yes. And you've landed on the water? Yes. Is it so fun? Yeah, that seems... I mean, I'm somebody like some who's... Some people would be scared about that. I yeah. don't have any compunction about flying. I'm comfortable with death. Like, it's going to happen to all of us. <laughs> it's not it's going to happen death. eventually. No, I, I don't mean, have any... I don't have a problem. Like, <laughs> no... If it were know. to happen, you'd be fine. I mean, it's like, okay, I mean, it's, it's what right. it is. I had a yeah. good meal yesterday. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Shelly and Claude were amazing. Right. Right. So the importance of people eating together. Yeah. You were thinking about it over the past 15 years, yeah. and then you called it a feast what? Feast paradox. Feast paradox. And I started writing about it for the Post back in early 2020, before the pandemic and everything. I did um, a, I wanted to have a New Year's resolution about food that had nothing to do with weight at all. 
And so, because I, I'm so sick of diet culture, I'm so yeah, sick yeah. of the weight discussion. I'm just yeah. so sick of it. And, yeah. and when you, the more you look at the science of weight, the more it's like, it, 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 there's so much of it that is just out of our hands. I just want to interject quickly. Yeah, that Sometimes when I have a really good meal or a really good time and a really good meal, even if, if it's fattening, I don't feel like I put on weight because I had so much fun. Maybe it's because I laughed so much that it burned off the calories. See, Do you this know what is, I mean? This is the problem. With, like, it, there's so much wonderful science out there. But the thing about food research is that knowing the mechanism is impossible. It's impossible mm. to know. And so it okay. winds up sounding hoo-hoo. It winds up sounding like crazy. Like, oh, well, maybe I just laughed it all right, off. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because we don't know. Crazy to you? <laughs> it sounds, you know that it sounds crazy to scientists. I mean, and, but that's that the thing. really because laughing yeah. really burns off calories. Oh, absolutely no. There, there's no SBX, yes. There's no question. Right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I mean, didn't mean to. Poo-poo see, this is the champagne. Yeah, right. This is the champagne cutting in. This is more of like a this dinner party conversation. Class, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So so that's the thing is that the, the, when the, when you don't know the mechanism in science, it's confounding. And, sh- and it, it, unless you are, you know, the way I put it is, unless you put a, a, ca- a webcam on someone's head and just, like, film everything they eat at every moment, you're never going to be able to show what the mechanism is for something like that. And when you say mechanism, do you mean what's burning it off? Yes. Like, okay. why it works. We don't know why the feast paradox happens. We don't know what the science is behind that. We know the science that it does happen. But we don't know what the mechanism is, and probably it's because there's so much that has to do with food. It's the camaraderie that we're having right now. That's health protective. Post-COVID, I mean, we think that this is the most important thing in the world, which brings me, I guess, to one of my second questions, which is the loneliness epidemic. Yeah. Well, that's... um, Which is only amplified. Yeah. We did have a loneliness epidemic before um, the pandemic, and... The current Surgeon General is um, Vivek Murthy, and um, he uh, declared a, a loneliness epidemic a couple of a few Did years ago. Really? Like before, yeah, before the pandemic, and um, has shown research showing that it is decreases your lifespan as much as ten cigarettes a day. Loneliness, and so I think a lot of it is. You know, we, we, for decades, we went through this big explosion in science and scientific research. And we were so enamored of what we could study and what we could learn. And we learned a lot. And we studied a lot. And we created amazing pharmaceuticals. And it's like, I benefit from them every single day, right? Well, not to be too intrusive, but what yeah. kind of pharmaceuticals? Well, I mean, are you talking yeah. about wellness pharmaceuticals? Yeah, are you some, talking about like diet I, pharmaceuticals? Oh my God, no, oh. no, I don't. No. Or like, I mean, like, like vitamins. Like, what do you mean? So I have, a, yeah. So I have a, an autoimmune condition. Oh, you do? Yeah, that um, that requires medication every day. But also, I have, I take Prozac. I mean, I take an antidepressant. I'm very open about that because I never want anyone to think that what I'm saying is like, oh, just eat three walnuts and you'll feel better in the morning. It's like, no, this is a tool in the toolbox. This is an addition to talk therapy. This is an addition to whatever medication you're working, you're using. Because as I said, I'm very science oriented. That comes from my background in public health. And medication has a lot of evidence backing it up. And so it's like, let's go where the evidence takes us. It takes us to medication. It also takes us to food. You are listening to Lunch with Shelly. So, we've talked about eating with other people. 
we've talked about the loneliness epidemic. I don't know if we've explored it enough. But the other thing that I really love, and I'm borrowing your term, a phrase that you used was the word nourishment. And I love the word nourishment. So talk about nourishment. Well, the phrase that I was going to add was nourishment for your soul. You had the phrase nourishment for your well-being or something like that. I don't know, but something that I say often is that pleasure is a form yes, of human nourishment. that's what it was. Pleasure is a form of and nourishment. And we don't, we don't pay And we're nourishing ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's yeah, but right now I certainly yeah. am, you yeah. know, with this, with this meal. That's what but, I mean. Yeah. And... The interesting thing is that the pleasure circuitry in our brains is the same no matter what kind of pleasure we're having, whether it's sex, whether it's really? music, whether it's food. Yes, the pleasure circuitry is the same. And so our bodies interpret that this like the pleasure that we're having right now as fulfilling and as nourishing. And we don't have because of the because of the difficulty of measuring these things, we don't have an RDA for this many units of pleasure a day. What's an RDA? Re- recommended daily allowance. Oh, you know okay. how you have that at the oh, bottom yeah, yeah, of the yeah. supplement yeah, yeah. bottle? It's like, oh, well, this is how much vitamin A you need, and this is how much whatever you need. And it's like we don't, we haven't looked at things like pleasure because it, it because we're in science. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That's what a I'm pleasure to do. RDA? That's what I'm trying to do. You are? Well, I mean, in general, yeah, because I think having fun, I, I, I realized a couple months ago, I was like, I do not have enough fun in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to do to have more fun? And it's, I think that that is, it's sort of like if you are a person who cares about food, this is like a great lens to have on increasing pleasure and increasing fun in your life. Because it's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just so sick of not having fun and constantly doing things that are building up and building up and stuff like that. It's like, I know that when I'm with my son and I'm doing something and it's like, Quality time. It's it's lame. <laughs> right. But when we're just together, yeah. chilling and out. We're just, yes, yeah. that's the best time. Like he just discovered South Park. Don't judge me. No. And so yeah, it gives funny. them the best personality. Yeah, no. yes. <laughs> exactly. And it's fine with me because it's a good way for us to explore. I mean, see, I'm already making it not fun by talking no, about. But, that, but, but no. That makes also, sense, I'm watching. Yeah. It, I was like, oh right, Kenny dies every episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Cartman's mom. Like, I mean, but I mean, from Simpsons, uh, South Park, Family Guy. I mean, Family it's like it's Guy. All, you know, that's where she and I went yeah. from The Simpsons to Family Guy. South Park is so painfully funny that I almost yes. can't watch it because it's almost painfully <laughs> I, I, funny. Yes. Claude and I take a great deal of pride, and I think you do too, in being authentic. Authentic, though, is almost becoming overused because everyone is saying that they're authentic. Somebody has a kid at, at a school that somebody, the guidance counselor sent out like an all-school email, and, and they signed it, authentically I swear, yours. Yeah, oh, my God. I don't want to And do my that. friend yeah. fo- hated it so much, he forwarded it to me. He was yeah. like, this is so stupid. And I was because like, is that yes. a different word for sincerely? You know, it's stupid. It's yeah. it's like somebody it's trying to be... the same people who go to brunch every Sunday. <laughs> it's not yeah. brunch. Way to bring it around, Claude. It's people. It's pretentious. Way to bring it around. Oh, so a phrase that I just... Um, pretentious is a great uh, with, word. Um, Family guy. Yeah. (laughs) It it insists upon itself. That's what that phrase is. Oh, interesting. It it promotes its own importance. That's a really good phrase. It insists upon itself. I love that. Family guy. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode with mine and Claude's new best friend, Mary Beth Albright. She is, again, the author of Eat and Flourish, How Food Supports Emotional Well-Being, which, again, Claude and I super believe in and adore. We had the best time. We hope you did, too. Please check us out at www.lunchwithshelly.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share it, download it, and in the meantime, peace, love, and lunch. Bye.